0: Where do you go to find all your favorite wine, beer, and spirits with selections customized to local tastes? For over 25 years, that go-to place has been Cox's Spirit Shop. Cox's, Louisville's go-to liquor store.
1: It's time for the Victory Formation Sports Show, right here on 93.9 The Ville bringing you all things Louisville and everything in between.
2: We've got a Louisville legend. The greatest player to ever play for the University of Louisville. Mr. Daryl Griffith Sr. Griff, how's it going, sir? Good, man. We got a special guest in the building today. He is Mr. Peyton Siva. Siva, how's it going, sir?
0: I'm good, man. Thank you guys for having me today.
2: We've got two very special guests with me right now. We've got Trenton Flowers and his father, Travis Flowers. How are you doing, gentlemen? I'm yeah. doing amazing.
1: With the passion for sport, meets the airwaves
2: we've got a lot to discuss maybe the five coaches in the acc better than jeff brahm that is why you brought in kb and so when you only win four games it's going to be interesting to see how all of this plays out
1: give the show a call at 502-8150-939 now here's your host jeff lightsey
2: jr Ah, yes. Oh man. Bravo. On the intro, Mr. James Black. Yes, we are here. This is the Victory Formation Sports Show. I am your host, Jeff Lightsey Jr. Don't forget, as the wonderful man in the intro said, you can get in here. 3831-939 9 is the text line. 3831-939 9 is the text line. 8150. is the call-in number. 81.50. 93.9 is the call-in number. Boy, happy new year. It is 2024. I haven't talked to you guys since last year. (laughs) You know, but welcome in to the 2024 version of my show. See, here's the thing. Here's what we do. And you know, people love to make New Year's resolutions. I'm one of those guys. You know what I mean? Like, I'm one of those people who like to make New Year's resolutions and say, this is what I'm going to do this year, right? One of my New Year's resolutions, I said, I'm going to read a book every month. I'm going to read 12 books this year. So whether I do two in one month, three in one month, regardless, James, I'm going to finish the year with 12 books read, right? And another thing, you know, I've, I've had this mantra for a long time, being humble is overrated, but you know, that was an interesting Cat Williams interview that came out with Shannon Sharp that's kind of set the internet on fire. I think this may be the most viral interview I maybe have ever seen in the world of social media. It has been taken on a life of its own. I mean, this these clips have been shared and reposted and retweeted millions and millions and millions of times, right? The interview in its long form, almost two and a half hours, it has been seen over 15 million times. And then the clips itself, the one minute, two minute, five minute, 10 minute clips, I've been seen millions and millions of other times. But one of the things that Kat said in that interview that has gone viral in itself, it says winners are not allowed to let losers rewrite history. So this is the mantra that I'm taking in 2024. We're not letting losers rewrite history, right? And this, I promise you, this all ties together. I'm using that mantra. Winners are not allowed to let losers rewrite history. Now, who do you consider a loser? If you want to insert whatever word that if losers too harsh for you, I get it. I understand loser may be a little bit too harsh, but insert whatever word. It's got to be somewhat derogatory word you want to insert there. Because we are no longer allowing people to rewrite the history of Louisville basketball. This is where we're starting today. Because it is game day. We play Pitt at at noon. We're not allowing losers to rewrite history, right? And so first, before we get into the Louisville basketball conversation, I want to be sensitive and make sure we recognize the prayers that are out to Dennis Evans and his family, right? Over the last few days, we have been informed. Zach Greenwell, University of Louisville, Louisville basketball, the Dennis Evans has no longer been medically cleared to play basketball at L. He's been with his family since Christmas. I'm sure they're getting second, third and fourth and fifth opinions because this is this young man's livelihood, right? Like he, no matter, even if it wasn't in the NBA, Dennis Evans was going to make a lot of money playing basketball beyond college. Right, he was going to make money in college, but then he was going to make money outside of college playing basketball. And to hear that this could potentially be taken away for good, that is not good. That is unfortunate, and I want to be extra careful when talking about that because that in its own has nothing to do with Kenny Payne. It has nothing to do with Louisville. That has not. I mean, that's just a medical freak incident, right? Like it's just something, some kind of like it's just it's just freaky. It would have happened to Dennis Evans if he would have came here, if he would have went to Minnesota, if he would have went to anywhere that he was considering. So that has nothing to do with Penny, Kenny Payne and Louisville basketball. So I want to put that out there. But what does have everything to do with Louisville basketball, Kenny Payne, and what's taking place is what we saw against Virginia. And what we saw against Virginia, it's a new year. Same results, James. It's a new year, same results. I mean, I mean it's a new year. Same results. I want you guys to do an experiment because I, I had, I'm going to be honest with you. I didn't watch one second of the Louisville Virginia. I was at Disney. I was in Orlando. I didn't watch one second live. Let me take that back. I only, I didn't watch one second. I went back and watched the game, but I didn't watch one second live of the game. I did not because I was at Disney and animal kingdom. I was getting 50,000 steps in. I was putting, putting in work. I was standing in lines for rides for hours and stuff. So I didn't see it live. But when I went back, and I watched the game, it was a lot of the same thing. It was, it was a new year, new game, new team on the schedule, and the same results. It was a lot of the same results. And, and thank you, James. James just let me know he has this Corey Alexander sound that we're going to play, and it goes into my quote from Cat Williams that I'm, I'm going to talk about. So, with the Virginia game, once again, new year, same results. Not a bad defense. You played good, not great, but good in spurts. And you just don't have a level of consistency. Now, to you, you know, to your credit or to your discredit or you know, just to in reality, is that you're down a couple of players. JJ still isn't playing. You know, Dennis Evans is now no longer on the team. Got some injuries. Trey White was hurt. A core for Manny was hurt. It started Danilo, kind of a head scratcher. He didn't play bad. You know, a lot of a lot of moving parts, a lot of moving pieces. But once again, this is a new year, same results. And those results aren't good. And at the end of the day, you're judged off wins and losses. And I don't want to, you know, kick a kick a man when he's down. I don't want to beat up on my team, but this is my team. At the same time, we just got to call it what it is. Um, so I mean, just in all honesty, the, the effort against Virginia was pathetic. I mean, it just was. And and this goes, once again, I told you all of this was going to tie in. Losers, winners are not allowed to let losers rewrite history. So, during the broadcast, because the actual game itself wasn't very good, right? Like, it's not like you're watching a compelling back-and-forth game. Virginia used to beat us when we had good teams. So, I knew taking a bad team up to Charlottesville, Virginia <laughs> and being sixteen point dogs, I knew to smash the over, to smash the, the the points because we couldn't beat Virginia when we had good teams, teams that got buckets, teams that was uh, active on defense, teams that had tenacity, teams that played with a ton of effort. So I knew this was a bad matchup for multiple reasons, but that being one of them. Another one being the fact that Louisville is now uh, a missed the tournament loss. And I'm gonna get into that later, but let's let's start let's focus keen in back on Mr. Corey Alexander. So if you don't know who Corey Alexander is, he's a former basketball player. He played at Virginia. He, you know, he and he was the broadcaster for the Louisville versus Virginia game. And he clearly is friends with Kenny Payne. <laughs> like, like that is clearly his friend. Like I mean, if you don't know nothing else about the end of the game, you understood. Oh, Corey Alexander and Kenny Payne are, are, are buddies. Like there there there's some there's a connection there, right? And so during the game, Corey Alexander had some interesting, I'll put it like that, interesting thoughts about Kenny Payne and Louisville basketball. James, let's hear it.
3: Speaking of the number two... Coming in today, playing, of course, Virginia playing against Louisville made me reminisce about year two for Tony Bennett, as Kenny Payne is in year two right now. And I think back to a time when I was actually sitting across the table. That you was press. your seat. You that were a radio guy. Where Jimmy Miller is right now, the magic man, standing right behind Tony Bennett. am sitting right behind Tony Bennett, where the radio analyst for the Who's alongside my partner then, Dave Kane, who's now with the Milwaukee Bucks. And thinking back to that time where J.P.J. wasn't full. No. And Virginia was getting booed going into the halftime locker room mm-hmm. after only scoring 15 points against Iowa State on December the 30th of 2010. And you find yourself wondering what would have happened if the Virginia Athletic Department, the Virginia fans, had treated him in a manner as to which I'm seeing is happening with Kenny Payne right now. Virginia would not have a national championship. They would not have a coach on the cusp of being a Hall of Famer moving forward. So I would like to employ the Louisville Cardinal faithful to have a little patience with my guy, Kenny Payne, over there. I believe he's going to get this program headed in the right direction.
2: Oh, my God. Ugh. Just. Uh, <laughs> Corey, 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 dude. Come on, bro. Nine and 30. What are we? Nine and 37 now? Nine and 37. Like, that's that. Come on, bro. Like, like, miss me with that. Like miss me with that miss me with the whole, woe is me, you guys are the problem. See, this is why I said winners cannot allow losers to rewrite history. Cause we know what Louisville was supposed to be. And I, you know, you say, Jeff, are you calling Corey Alexander? Well, you make the assumption what I'm calling him. You know, because you think nine and thirty-seven is acceptable, you are what you are. So if you winners cannot allow losers to rewrite history. We got some more from Mr. Corey. Oh, Mr. Corey wasn't done. He had to double back on some of this buffoonery. James, let's hear the second clip.
1: But Corey, it's 15 years later. The world of college basketball is a different place. Plus, the fans in Louisville are more accustomed to winning at such a high level than the Virginia fans were 15 years ago. So it's, isn't it apples and oranges?
3: It's been a long time since the Louisville fans have been accustomed to winning. If you go back and you think about once Rick Pitino exits the building, the Louisville Cardinal fans have not been used to winning. And so when Kenny Payne took over this program, he made it very clear that the program was broken. It needed to be fixed. And when you're dealing with one of your own, as Kenny Payne is, of course, national champion at the University of Louisville, You also have to understand that there are many recruits watching. How do you treat your own? And that is a big thing moving forward because I can tell you for certain as we see Tane Murray coming off the screen knocking down a big three ball, there are elite high school basketball players waiting to see how this goes with Kenny Payne to whether they sign up to play for the Cards or they move elsewhere.
2: Oh, my God, Corey. Corey, 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 sir. I, I understand. See, I get it. ESPN, they employ a lot of people. They have to cover a lot of games. So, uh, a couple of them slipped through the cracks. You know what I'm A couple of them slipped through the cracks that ain't supposed to be. Because, Corey, sir, what in the world are you talking about, sir? What? I mean, there's so many layers to what those, those. I think it's three minutes total, what we just listened to. There's so many layers. There's so many ways to pick this apart and I know my, my guy, you know, I heard Diener and Blank and, and, and everybody already picked this apart. But let me give you my version of what, I, what the hell I heard because it was some garbage. Once again, all centers around winners are not allowed. So I had an obligation, a duty to come on here, even though it's already been debunked and dispelled by Diener and Blank and Ethan Moore and Ennis and whoever. I had an obligation because I heard this quote over since I've been gone. Winners are not allowed to let losers <coughs> Corey Alexander to rewrite history. We said we haven't won anything since Rick Bettino walked out the door with well, it's just simply not true. Have we won to the level of Rick Bettino in 2012 and 2013? No, we have not. This is true. But hear what I just said we haven't won to the level of Rick Bettino in 2012 and 2013. Ah, because 2014. You, you kind of lost early to that Kentucky team in Elite Eight. You, you won at a high level. 2015, kind of disappointing ending. 2016, kind of a disappointing ending. And then it's when some skids happen. But even Chris Mack, as much flack, me, I gave Chris Mack flack. And maybe you and some of the folks at home gave Chris Mack. Chris Mack was a good basketball coach. When it comes to X's and O's and getting his team to play and executing on the court, Chris Mack could coach basketball. Chris Mack just had other issues. <laughs> his other issues weren't necessarily basketball related. Chris Mack didn't like everything that came with being the head coach of Louisville. That was Chris Mack's biggest problem. He didn't like that being the head coach of Louisville. You have to be a public figure. You're essentially the most known person in the city. You're more known than the mayor and the governor in Louisville. When you're the head basketball coach at the University of Louisville, people know and recognize you more than they do Andy Bashir, and I can't even tell you where our mayor is right now, Greenberg. I, I, what's Greenberg's brand? I don't even know. I'm going to be honest. And maybe that's ignorant of me, but I'm just telling you the truth. Greenberg, you're walking in the studio right now. I don't know who Mayor Greenberg looked like. I'm just telling you this is the, what comes with the job. And so, therefore, that part of the job killed Chris Mack. Pause. That part kind of washed him up out the way. And then the whole Dino extortion thing. It was just kind of, Chris Mack was like, man, this is to to with Louisville. I, got, I get extorted. Folks, uh, I got to record, folks. And I get suspended when I record them. They said, you got to pay me that I'm 65. You know
3: what I'm saying? Like, all that happened, he didn't want to deal with that no more. And I think Greenberg's first name might be Craig. Yeah,
2: maybe. <laughs> See, James in a different generation. Let, let me, let me look it up. Yeah, he got to look it up. See, it ain't just me. I, it ain't just, but I'm just telling you the truth. Mayor Greenberg, I mean, no dis- disrespect to me. Mayor Greenberg. Shout out to Mayor Greenberg. We could walk in the studio right now. I'd be like, oh, what's up, bro? <laughs> what's up, man? What's up, sir? You know what I mean? Like, I don't, I don't know. But that's what I'm saying. So that part washed Chris Mack up out the way. But actual basketball, he had to sit number one in the country at one point. Actual basketball, he beat North Carolina. He beat Duke. He beat Michigan. He beat Michigan State. He won big games, right? On the actual basketball court. Winners cannot allow losers to rewrite history. So, Corey Alexander, that was just, that was just a lie. That was a lie. And we got to call out lies. We, we're, not letting, we're not letting lies stand on the, on the bed of truth. Corey Alexander also said in that clip, and <laughs> this is the part, because that, that was just a bald faced lie. Like, right? Like, that actually has facts behind it that we haven't, we've just been sorry since Patina. That's not true. But the part that was actually funny, James recruits are looking. To see the way you treat your coach. Now, who the hell gave him that crew, cue card? I mean, who, <laughs> who gave, who sent the, who sent that one in? Who sent that one in the envelope? The bag man dropped that one off. Cause sir, cause sir, here's the thing about me. Some of you guys don't know this about me. There's no bigger recruiting person. Maybe in sports media, besides the guy who actually, the guys who actually write about the recruits, there's not a bigger recruiting person in sports media, specifically Louisville recruiting than me. I mean, me. I, I'm not on message boards, but I actually talk to recruits. Like that—that's like something that I do. I've had—I talked to Sky Clark when he was a recruit. I—I've mess, you know, interacted with T.J. Robinson, basketball recruits. i have talked to and interviewed players that are committed and signed and end up going to Louisville, whether it's football, basketball. And I do the same with a bunch of different schools. It's not just Louisville. So I'm just kind of give you some of my background. So there's no one. Let me be honest. There's no one in Louisville sports media bigger on the recruiting scene than me. And this young man, Mr. Corey Alexander, who broadcasts games for ESPN, who was a graduate of West Virginia or of Virginia, who was a who? I found out what the hell a who was this week. Who was a who? Is telling me <laughs> that there are recruits looking and paying attention and watching to see what Louisville is doing. But here's the thing. Here's what Corey made it. Here's how Corey made it hilarious. He didn't say he's watching the results on the court. (laughs) He didn't say, oh, the recruits are seeing how many games they're going to win or the playing style or the coaches, if the coaches are going to stick around. Yeah, that was KP saying that. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) He didn't say that. He said they watching the fan base. (laughs) (laughs) He he said to hell with what's happening on the court. Forget where I can get drafted. Forget that if my coaching staff is going to be here in six months or not, I'm watching the fans. I'm exploring Twitter to see how the fans are interacting. Boy, if you don't go on somewhere, <laughs> like, if you don't go on somewhere, are you serious? Like, come on, y'all. Like, listen, come on. We, we watch sports. We, we, we are fans of Louisville. We watch sports. We watch. This man didn't say nothing about on-court performance because he couldn't. He couldn't have two legs to stand on when talking about 9 to 37. When talking about the game that he's currently broadcasting, they're getting smacked, right? The spread of 16 and a half, and, and, and Virginia's blowing that out of the water. He can't talk about that because that's the truth, right? So you got to make up some fairyland pixie dust garbage that somebody to hand it to you. See, in 2024, see, we standing on business, y'all. We're not allowing losers to rewrite history. Winners cannot allow losers. To rewrite history. And then the whole Tony Bennett comparison, and I see, shout out to this texter, says Tony Bennett was 15 and 16 and 16 and 15 in his first two seasons. After the first game of the new year, he was 6 and 24, 9 and 5 in those seasons. So, yeah. So, like, and that's the thing. Those are the facts. That's what I'm saying. Like, when you just say blatant lies, Cat Williams also in the interview said, I don't know why liars lie. (laughs) I don't know why liars lie. Jeff, why is he lying? Why would he go on TV when we can look these things up, right? Google exists. This is 2024. We have Googles. We have iPads iPhones and Samsungs and, you know, smart TV, we can Google, we can tell. Hey, Siri, what was Tony Bennett's record? You can do that. Hey, Alexa, yo, yo Alexa Dot can tell you what Tony Bennett's record was. Now, why did Corey Alexander go on national TV with the whole Louisville fan base watching this game or the ones that are left, right, They're still watching games? And, you know, shout out to y'all because I didn't watch this game originally. So why would he go on there and say, I don't know, because I don't know why liars lie. At the same time, I do know. That, you know, whether I'm the 5th or the 12th or the 21st, I was going to debunk that. Because, come on, bro, you can't spit in my face and tell me it's raining. You can't spit in my face and tell me it's raining. I, I'm not going for that. And now, you know, we're not going, i me, I'm, I can't speak for everybody. But see, what, what that does, see what Tony Bennett thinks he's doing, or Tony Bennett, sorry, not Tony Bennett, he, all he did was kick our butt. What what Corey Alexander thinks he's doing, is helping Kenny Payne. He thinks he's helping Nolan Smith and Josh Jamison and Danny Manning, Reese Gaines, that coaching staff over there, right? Like Milt Wagner. He feels he thinks he's helping them by going on national television and saying that. But see, the problem is, it's not only is he hurting them, he's actually making it worse. Because, see, it's not just us, us being Louisville fans who see right through that BS. It's not just us. Like, of course, we see it. We sit here and live it every day. Some of y'all still going to, the, I mean, some of us, because I'm still going, are still going to these games. Some of us are still paying the ticket price, paying the parking, getting concessions, buying beer, whatever. It's not a lot. Let's <laughs> not getting it twisted. It's 22,000-seat arena. Last, last uh, FOA report that Louis Rebeau, shout out to Louis Rebeau, pulled for UKU Avail. So it's 22,000-seat arena. UKU Avail what's supposed to be the biggest rivalry in college basketball had less than 15,000 in the building. Think about that. So it's not a whole lot. That's for Kentucky games outside of Kentucky. We're talking about 4,500 or less. So it's not a lot of y'all, but it's still somebody, right? You get 4,000 people to show up to one of your events. You're going to be happy. So it's still, it's still not like, it's not a lot of people for a basketball game for a Louisville basketball game. That is. But it's still a decent amount of people, forty five hundred people. If I get an event, and they have forty five hundred people, I'm be happy. You know, I ain't never did nothing with forty five people. Forty five hundred people showed up. I, I haven't. I just haven't. You know, I, I ain't never been that important. But what I'm getting at is, it's still a decent amount of people in the grand scheme of thing. A lot of people showing up to support this team. And what I'm getting at is, by him going on national television during our game and telling us this garbage. It not only hurts him, his credibility, he's out there. Like I said, some of them slip through the cracks. You know, ESPN, it's a big company. They employ thousands of people. Some folks slip through the cracks. It just is what it is. But also what he does is hurt our program nationally. Because people nationally are thinking like, hey, ain't no way Louisville is stupid to believe what the hell Corey's saying. Because I, mean, I don't know if Corey thinks the good old folks in Kentucky are just that dumb and the city of Louisville are just that dumb to be like, oh, you know what, Corey? I never thought about it. <laughs> He's, he just like Tony Bennett. <laughs> we far Kenny. We're not going to get a national championship. Dang, Corey. You're right. <laughs> you know what, Corey? Sign me, sign me up for year three. Hell no. We ain't thinking like that. Hell no. Corey, no. We understand year three is not happening. So it's just about how we get through it. And for the people, I haven't seen this as much recently, but for the people that want to attack Josh Hurd and get mad at man, let that man do his job. That man got eyeballs just like you. And if you didn't learn anything from his interview with WDRB, this ain't it. That's the one thing he made clear. This ain't it. Now, what I can probably prep you for, because what I, I've kind of ultimately put my mind to, so I think Kenny's going to finish the season. I do think Kenny will finish the season. Let me just put that out there. I do. Now, will he make it to March 31st? Absolutely not. I'm just being honest. He's not going to make it to March 31st. This is not sourcing. This is just how I feel. This is not me talking to people. This is not, once again, all of this. I'll tell you when I talk to people and what I heard. This is just how I feel. He won't make it to March 31st, which is the day that his buyout goes from $6 million to $8 million. Right. So don't don't put that in your mind. There there will be from what I from what I think, just from, you know, all everything I'm picking up, there will be an extensive national search. There will be tons of names rumored. There'll be tons of names thrown out there. I've already seen I see you guys. I listen to Diener and I listen to, you know, every other show. I hear you guys. Y'all throwing out names. Scott Drew, Dusty May. You know, uh, Shaka Smart people people message me, Shaka Smart. You know, all these different names. I get it. I get it. I get it. At the same time, there will be a national search. But if you're expecting Kenny to get fired before the end of the season, once again, I don't know. Anything can happen. Anything can change. I just don't see that happening. Well, Jeff, why don't you see that happening? What's well, a couple of reasons? One, because. <clears throat> You didn't fire him out to Kentucky with that two-week span. What's the point of doing it now? You know, that was your golden opportunity. You had every reason to do it. You had the Karan Davis fallout that was shortly before that. You had the actual Kentucky game, right? Now, granted, most of y'all expected to go in there and lose by 20, but you still did it. You know, just because you expected it, don't make it good. You know you, you know, I mean? You still went in there and lost by 20, and the spread was only... 12 or whatever. He's Arkansas
3: still, State was, it was, it was around that time too.
2: It's right around that time you lose in Arkansas State. You got Kron Davis, debacle, you know, the two press releases. You lost by Kentucky at 20. But then if anything, if there was a cherry on top that I was like, mm, I don't know if you're going to make it out of this building, was that post-game press conference at Kentucky when he said, we need to use the transfer portal. There's this thing called the transfer portal that I, you know, I think just appeared, even though you got at least four players off the transfer portal. I Clark, Trey White, Brandon Huntley Hatfield, Danilo, they all came from the portal, but it seemed like, Kenny just said, man, we need to go get older guys in the portal. I didn't know they stopped letting sophomores out of the portal, you know what I mean? Like, like, cause all of those guys are like sophomores, right? So he's like, man, you know, they actually have fourth and fifth and some of them sixth year guys in this portal thing. You know, I might go check that out. And he, and I was like, mm, you're, trading, you're skating on thin ice, it's ugly. But then, like I said, the, the double cherry on top, the, the sprinkles. If that was the cherry, the sprinkles was when CL asked him about that roster over Kentucky. Hey, Kenny, man, Cal said you better. about a year away from getting a roster that look like he is, man. CL set it up kind of perfect because Cal already gave us a dissertation. Cal already told us what it was. He already said, man, Kenny's going to be him. Just give him some time. Cal, get out of my face, dog. I'm not hearing nothing you got to say. At the same time. But Cal threw it up. He gave Kenny the lob. And Kenny came through and said,
1: roster like them?
2: <laughs> you see those guys? Rob Dillingham hit a windmill on us in fast break during the game. <laughs> you think I can get one of them at Louisville? <laughs> like, I, I didn't know they made one of those in Louisville. Well, yeah, Kenny, they do. <laughs> they do. <laughs> like, what? like, That's like, I mean, Kenny, you would have thought Kenny was running a McDonald's and you came in there and asked them for a Whopper. I mean, he's like, like, Whopper? We McDonald's. <laughs> Whopper? Or maybe it's the other way around. McDonald's got more than Burger King. So maybe we went in the Burger King and asked him for a Big Mac. Big Mac? Nah, you you at the wrong place. That's the place with them golden arches. We got a, a, a dusty king. You know what I mean? like We got a little dusty old scary looking king. You know what I mean? You want a Whopper? I got a Whopper that sell about a third of the, the Big Macs. You know, I'm just like, no, Kitty, we, we can make Big Macs, too. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, you know, we we the McDonald's All-Americans, yeah, we we, we like them, too. You know, in Louisville, we didn't had a few of them come through here. You know, guys that become All-Americans, NBA players, All-Stars, NBA champions. Yeah, we didn't had those here, too, Kenny. We've had – you played with a couple of them. Yeah, they make those in Louisville. <laughs> like, what are we talking about, man? This is really what's happening. And so when losers – Try, we can't allow lo- winners. Louisville cannot allow losers to rewrite history. Jeff, who are you calling the loser? You insert the name. I don't, I don't have to say the name. You can insert it. Whatever name you want to rock with. If it sound like a loser, it smells like a loser, it loses like a loser, then you, you it ain't a damn winner. You know, it ain't, it ain't a winner. I'm just telling you what it is. This is, I mean, so come on. Like my eyes aren't lying to me. My, my, my eyes, when I watch the game and the lack of effort and the body language and the not getting back on defense, it's not lying to me. When I look at the record, I look at your points per game, the points you give up per game, the analytics, the deep analytics, the basic stats, deep analytics, it all tells the same thing. This ain't working. And so in 2024, we're bringing new energy, man. We're just calling it like it is on both ends. If it's great, it's great. If it stinks, it stinks. Point blank, period, man. Point blank, period. We have to We have to take a break. When we come back, we are going to talk about some winners. There's a lot of winning going around in Louisville, whether you believe it or not. You're listening to the Victor Formation Sports Show with Jeff Lacey Jr. right here on 93.9 The Ville.
0: Taking care of your family isn't always easy, so we make sure getting care when you need it is...
1: You're listening to the Victory Formation Sports Show right here on 939 The Ville. Give the show a call at 502-8150-939. Now, here's your host, Jeff Lightsey Jr.
2: Yes, 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 we are back. 3831-939 is the text line. You can get in here. 3831-939 is the text line 8150. 93.9 is the call-in number. 81.50. ninety-three nine is the call-in number. I'm reading some of your texts. It says, if Duke were to drop to a 9-36 record over that span, you can assure that Calipari would jump in to offer the support of the coach? No, he wouldn't. <clears throat> I mean, he wouldn't. You don't like Duke. He, he wouldn't do that for Louisville. <laughs> you know, when Chris Mack was getting fired and everything was happening to Chris Mack, Calipari didn't say, oh, man, Chris Mack's such a good man. Yeah, give Chris Max more time. You know, no, nah, he didn't come out saying that. He was like, he he's probably at home laughing. Because Chris is probably, this is the guy that said, oh, Cal, we'll bend to your game, which was funny at the time. This is the guy that said, Kenny Bain won those games. You know, the same guy. So he wasn't, he was laughing. But Kenny, he wants 9-36 to 36 to keep up. He wants 9-36 to 36 to turn into 18, and James, check my math, 72. 9-36 <laughs> turned 18 to 72 in four years. And so it didn't be like, man, just give him some more time. You know what I'm saying? People be like, give him some more time. You know, give him some more time. You know, more time, more time, more time. That's
3: why that was a good text by that texter, you know, trying to compare Tony Bennett. He yeah. was, uh, January 1st, 9-5 and five and 8-4. And if we oh, was 9-5, right. and 8-4. <laughs>
2: we wouldn't be having these conversations. <laughs> right. this, this, this show would sound a whole lot different if we was 9-5 and five right now. But nonetheless, and, and, and just one more thing. I, I know I said we're going to get to something positive, One more thing with this Corey Alexander thing. Once again, winners cannot allow losers to rewrite history. Corey Bennett said, or no, Corey Bennett. I keep mixing the names. I'm just trying to get it all out. Corey Alexander said that recruits, once again, aren't paying attention to what's actually happening on the basketball court. They are going to sign to Louisville based on how the fans treat Kenny Payne. Right? That's what he told us. That's essentially what he told us. He said, "Man, forget that y'all stink on the basketball court. Forget that y'all suck. Y'all nine and thirty-seven over a two-year span. Y'all too mean to Kenny. And recruits are paying attention. How are you treating your own? Because he's one of your own. Yeah. Okay. Whatever." He, he's not a very good basketball coach. His record stinks. It just is what it is. Whether he's one of our own. If my brother was the coach in lieu when he went 9-37, and I'd be cussing him out too. You know what I mean? That's my blood brother. And Kenny ain't nothing to me. I'd be mad as hell at him too. What in the world is wrong with you? So no, Corey, you can't guilt me into being nicer. No. Get better results and then I'll be nicer. Regardless. So the recruit thing. He said that recruits are paying attention once again not to what's happening on the court but to how we're treating our own. Well, Corey, you do know Louisville have zero recruits signed, right? Like early signing period already passed. That was in November. Louisville is one of the only major power five schools or power six, if you use basketball terminology, that doesn't have anyone, zero signees. And the one kid that is committed, he's been committed for almost two years. He didn't even sign. So, Corey, I ask you once again, who are these recruits? Like, Like, tell me. I'm a recruiting guy. TJ Robinson, three-star point guard out of New York, he's been committed to Louisville essentially since the entire time Kenny Payne has been the head coach. He didn't even sign to Louisville. And here's what's so crazy about him not signing, right? Because you're like Jeff, you know why would he sign if the coaching? If you're telling me the coaching staff will probably get fired, I'm not telling you probably the where they're going they will get fired. If if they're probably going to get fired, why would he sign? He's going to have to reopen his recruitment. That's very true. At the same time that. He wouldn't be bound by anything. He hasn't decommitted either. If he signed to Louisville, even if he believed that they were going to get fired, right? Even if he believes that, because somebody obviously believes that this isn't going to end well, or he would have signed. But even if he believes that, he would have signed and he would essentially be been free if, if the coaching staff is removed, he would have been free to choose whatever school he wants to after that. But no, not only did he sign, but he stayed committed. So, you know, Corey, once again, I'm asking, who are these recruits that are looking to see how we treat our own? Just, just I mean, I'm not telling you to tell me names. But point me in the direction. What area are they from? What, what, what city are they from? What state are they from? Give me a state. Give me an AAU travel team. Give me something. Because I, I not only do I follow recruiting really heavy, I go to these events. I was at the Derrick Smith Invitational where some of the best players in the country were there. Trey Johnson, he's going to Texas. A.J. Diaspa, the number one player in the class of 2025, uncommitted. But Cal was there to see him, and a bunch of other coaches have been in to see him. Tyron Stokes, Louisville's own Tyron Stokes, who was here over Christmas break working out. So he's very much Louisville, right? He's not one of these guys that, like Michael Rainey that was born in Louisville and moved somewhere else. No, 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 no. This man has family here. He was working out at Seneca over the Christmas holiday break. This is a Louisville kid. Number one player in the country for his year, class of 2026. He he was here in Louisville. Nobody came to get him. Nobody so that's what I'm saying. These, who are these people? Who are these people that are supposedly coming to Louisville or supposedly looking how we treat our own? So, I mean, I don't know, Corey, unless you can, unless you can pull out some names, pull out some AU teams, pull out something. I'm not believing you. I'm not hearing that you got to say. So I told you guys we we're getting the positive stuff. I told you, I told you, I told you, I promised you we we're going to get to some positive stuff. And what's happening on the football field is very, or in the offseason, the football field is very, very positive. So as you know, Coach Brom has hit the portal very, very hard this offseason. He signed all his high school players that he had committed. I think he had 14 high school players committed. And at the time he had 16 transfer portal guys committed. Now, since then, one of the transfer portal, he brought in essentially three tight ends and a high school tight end, so four total tight ends. One of those tight ends said, man, that's a lot of tight ends to be coming into Louisville. I, I think I'm going to go back to my old school. That was Tanner Kozal. Tanner Kozal was the six 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 five tight end from Austin P. transfer. I think he had, he had 10 touchdowns last year for Austin P. He went ahead and withdrew his name from the portal. He was going to come to Louisville. Yes, the tight end room got to look crowded for him. And when you're bringing in Isaiah Cummins, Mark Redmond, and the young man, I can't think of his name, the high schooler, who all of these guys six foot five and taller. You still have Jamari Johnson, who's six foot six, who in the tight end room, Nick Kerensky, Dwayne Martin. All of these guys are still there. It's a very, very loaded tight end room. I would not be surprised if after spring you see some guys hit the board. Let's just be honest. You can't carry six, seven tight ends. All of the guys, everybody can't play. You know Redmond's going to play. You know they're going to find a way to use Isaiah Cummins. Somebody's going to hit the portal. That's just the nature of the beast. That's how this thing works. The same thing can be said for the wide receiver room. Louisville is restocking and replenishing their wide receiver room. They went out and got Colin Lacey, the number one slot wide receiver in the portal. He had over 1,100 yards and what 11 touchdowns for South Alabama last year. He's a dog. They went out and got Ja'Cory Brooks, who had 10 career touchdowns at Alabama in two years. He's a dog. It and went and replaced, and they, so they went out and got two, a wide receiver one and a wide receiver two, essentially. One's going to play on the outside, one's going to play in a slot. Well, who played in the slot for Louisville? You didn't lose any slot receivers originally. That was Amari Huggins-Bruce and Kevin Coleman. When Colin Lacy decided to come, what happened to Amari Huggins-Bruce and Kevin Coleman? They had the portal. <laughs> Kevin Coleman is now going to Mississippi State. Amari Huggins-Bruce is now going to South Carolina. Congratulations to them, shout out to them. But they were somewhat disappointing this year. The drops. The drops is what got them replaced. Kevin Coleman has all the talent in the world. Omari Huggins, Bruce, all the talent in the world. These dudes are electric. They're explosive. They make plays when the ball's in their hand. The problem is the ball's not always in their hand because they're always dropping it. <laughs> they have a lot of drops between the two of them. I can't count how many drops they had. Kevin Coleman, I followed him at Jackson State. He had the same problem there. He was a swag freshman of the year and could have had it. Three to 400 extra yards if he just held on to the ball. So losing them, well, essentially, I mean, you saw it. The Holiday Bowl, first play of the game, a deep post route or post-corner route, or whatever, for Amari Huggins-Bruce, wide open. Jack actually throws a nice ball. It's not not a perfect ball, but it's a nice ball. It's a catchable ball for a third-year wide receiver at an FBS Division I program should make that play. Power 5 program, you should make that play. What does Amari Huggins-Bruce do? Drops it. He drops it. First play of the game. And that was essentially like a microcosm of his year this year. Now you can say, they may have been underutilized. At times, I think they were. I think even Braum, during one of his post-game press conferences, said that he's got to find a way to get the ball in Amari's hands more. He said that. In a post-game, I went to every single post-game press conference. He said that. He said, we've got to find a way to get him the ball more. The problem is, is that he has drops. You have a limited quarterback. Jack was limited. He was what he was. So you So you're not going to get that many opportunities anyway. So you add a limited quarterback with a... Uh, who I think is a very talented wide receiver, but he can't hold on to the ball. So guess what I got to do if I'm the coach? I got to replace both of (laughs) y'all. And that's what he did. Tyler Shuck, come here. This is a quarterback that is not limited. He's only limited by injuries, which is another thing. We'll have to talk about that as the season gets closer. He's only limited by injuries, but nothing by arm strength, talent, speed, strength, none of that, size, none of that. None of that are limitations. None of those are limitations for Tyler Shuck. His only limitation is whether or not he gets hurt or not. In the last three years, he's been hurt more often than he's been healthy. That, but That is a red flag. That is, where, that is the elephant in the room that we will not ignore. See, that's the thing. In 2024, we're bringing different energy. We, we, we calling out what we see. Tyler Shutt got injury problems. Super talented kid. Can't, can't stay healthy. But if he is able to stay healthy, he can do some things in this offense. And then you go out. Like I said, you replace both of them. You replace Jack, you replace AHB, and Kevin Coleman. And you replace those two with one player. I don't need two players when I can get the production of a Colin Lacey. Colin Lacey went out sitting now you can say, oh, South Alabama. Well, look what a lower-level wide receiver did for us last year. And the <laughs> and young man from Georgia State. Man, why is his name escaping me all of a sudden? Anyway, he's a dog. <laughs> you, you get dogs in. You let them feast. You let them make plays. So I don't need two guys to replace one. I, I don't need two guys when I can replace them with one. I don't need two guys. Jamari Thrash. Why can't I think his name? Okay. Ooh, it was bothering me for a second. But yeah. So I went and got Jamari Thrash from a lower level. I went and got Jamari Thrash, who was super talented at a Sun Belt team at Georgia State. And he comes in here, and guess what he was? He was super talented. For Louisville, at this level, until he got injured. He played essentially half the season with an injury. And he still finished with 800 yards, almost 1,000 yards, and and a few touchdowns. So I'll go and get a Colin Lacey, who I think can get the production of Amari Huggins-Bruce and Kevin Coleman combined, and I let him rock out. And to get my outside receiver, I go and get a young man who started at Alabama as a freshman. And Ja'Cory Brooks, who was a legend down in South Florida. You know, us at Louisville, we love our kids from South Florida. He was a legend in South Florida, in the South Florida high school scene, amateur scene, Ja'Cory Brooks. Those guys still talk about him, how great he was. So, yeah, I'm going to go get dogs to replace guys that played like pups at times. Just call it what it is. I'm going to go get some dogs. Now, Ja'Cory Brooks, he was hurt last year, too, and his stats weren't, they weren't desirable. Alabama let him walk. Alabama wasn't tripping. Alabama got studs, though. They're not not always going to trip too much about players leaving the program. They have studs. That's why stars matter. People tell you stars no matter, stars matter. That's why Alabama can allow a Ja'Cory Brooks to walk out the door. Because stars matter. They got dudes that will replace Ja'Cory Brooks that are just as good, if not better. That's no disrespect to Ja'Cory Brooks. That's just how Alabama rolls. Regardless, we get a stud out out of the deal. And now our most recent commitment. Now, this leads me to another part of the room. 3831939 Thirty-eight thirty-one ninety-three nine is the text line if you want to get in here. By the way, we want to talk some of this football talk. Thirty-eight thirty-one ninety-three nine is the text line. Eighty-one fifty ninety-three nine is the calling number. Now this takes me to the next position that is starting to get crowded and that you're gonna see some some defections. Right, the wide receiver room starting to get crowded. You bring in a Colin Lacey. You bring in three tight ends. They're gonna be catching the ball too. They're not all just gonna be blocking. They're gonna be making plays on the outside. Mark Redmond. Isaiah Cummins, who's going to be a hybrid type of kid, might get some handoffs, catch some passes out the backfield, run some routes, going to catch the ball, and then I think Jamar Johnson takes another step up this, uh, this upcoming season. So, those are pass catchers. They're tight ends, but they're pass catchers. Bringing in two more pass catchers. So, that's why you see three defections from the pass catching room, the wide receiver room. Kevin Coleman, Amari Huggins-Bruce, and William Fowles, one of the latest ones, he was a Uh, Under Armour All American, three-star kid, super fast, number eighty-eight. Didn't really see any uh, clock. I don't really trip about young men, even even if I was excited at one point to see them. If you didn't have any production, I trust my coaching staff. I don't really trip about guys that don't have any production, even if they have all the promise. Don't have any production for me to really get sad and like, dang, we're gonna miss that. I'm saying like, I don't know where we're gonna. I I can't say we're gonna miss it because I never seen you play. So I'm not gonna trip about that. I used to. I really did, especially if it was a high ranking guy. Dang, man, i going to miss that, man. I wish I would have seen him make some plays at Louisville. At the same time, man, this is the new age of college football at the transfer portal. Kids move. Kids make new moves. It just is what it is. The William Fowles bounced. So you get three defections in the wide receiver room. The next group of defections I think you're going to see is in the running back room. Ooh, it's getting crowded in the running. I mean, Chris Barclay has got his choice of running backs. There is a ton, a ton, a ton of running backs. Now, some of y'all thought Isaac Garinda was really going to come back. How could y'all watch that Holiday Bowl and think that Isaac Garinda was going to come back? Seriously. Isaac Garinda went out. He was our, our offense in the Holiday Bowl. Isaac Rendo went out and put up 240 all-purpose yards. 240 all-purpose yards. He was literally our entire offense. Our entire offense went through Isaac Rendo. He had his best game on the biggest stage of Louisville's year. The bowl game against USC on Fox, essentially almost like a standalone game. And he showed out. He's out of here. <laughs> I knew he was going all the time. What is the purpose of coming back? And he also earned himself an East-West Shrine game invite. So he's going to be at the same all-star game that Jawar Jordan is at. And, and I'm going to be honest with y'all. It's just really something. Some of y'all might not believe this. Isaac Garrindo may have a better pro career than Jawar Jordan. Isaac Garrindo may get picked up before Jawar Jordan. Ooh, you're like, Jeff, bro, what? What are you talking about? Yeah. Yeah, Isaac Garrindo. And here's why Isaac Garrindo, as a pro prospect, actually makes more sense than Jawar Jordan. Now, Jawar Jordan was amazing, and that's not to say Jawar Jordan can't go. I could be totally wrong. This could be one of those freezing cold takes, right, in like three or four years. It could be a freezing cold take. But Isaac Grindo's body frame, his, his size in combination with his speed and his vision, and his lack of wear and tear, you got to think, Isaac Grindo for four years, four or five years, or whatever it was in college, was essentially always a backup. He never took the workload of RB1. At Louisville, it was Jawar Jordan. At Wisconsin, it was Brandon Allen. It was a bunch of other guys, a bunch of other guys at Wisconsin. But at Louisville, he was RB2 and RB3 at times. So his wear and tear going into the league is very minimal compared to most running backs in the NFL draft. Two, Isaac Grendel doesn't really have any injury history. As powerful and as bruising as he runs, he, he didn't get hurt during his college career. I'm not sure if he got hurt ever. He didn't get hurt at Louisville at all. Whereas Jawar Jordan is smaller, he's kind of he's, he's shorter, he doesn't weigh as much. His whole reliability is on speed, right? And his speed can be negated. When you have hamstring and knee injuries, they told us he had a hamstring injury. That's why he didn't play for real against Pittsburgh. And he didn't look the same after game six, even admitted by his own coach, Coach Brahm. And then Coach Brom also told us the reason why he didn't play in the game is because he had a minor knee cleanup is what the word they used. And so with that, it's not a concern. Those are small miniature injuries. They're still injuries. He's still a running back at a position they do not value at the next level. Just call it what it is. They do not care about running backs at the NFL level. And so I'm saying Isaac Rindo could possibly get picked up, drafted, or even have a better career at the NFL level than a guy like Joe Jordan. Just based on the things that I'm giving you. Guys like Isaac Rindo somehow, some way, end up with like six, seven, eight-year NFL careers he turned being a backup at Louisville and a backup at Wisconsin, having a great bowl game into a seven-year NFL career? How did he do that? Well, because he's that talented. He's actually that good. He's a really, really good player. Nonetheless, done talking about guys that are gone. Got to talk about the guys that are here. I'm telling you, the running back room is going to be the next room for football that is going to see defections. Why, Jeff? Well, this week, in the last 24 hours, we picked up a Big time running back commit, one of the best running backs in the transfer portal. He goes by the name of Penny Boone, out of Detroit, Michigan. Shout out to Detroit, six foot, two hundred and forty pound running back. That ran for fourteen hundred yards and fifteen touchdowns, sixteen total touchdowns for Toledo last year. The MAC Player of the Year. He was considering Louisville, Kentucky, and Florida State, and he took a Louisville. He took a visit to Louisville and never made it off campus. School starts next week, young man. You're you one of us now. You ain't going nowhere. <laughs> you, you with us. You with the gang. And so, with his addition, and you got to remember, you added Donald Cheney from Miami. That's two portal additions at running back. You have two high schoolers coming in at a running back. Two young men, from one from Georgia, one from Florida. Duke and Isaac. So that's four running backs. You still have Maurice Turner. And Kewan Brown on the roster. Looking at six running backs. Six. Now think about it. Even in our run-heavy offense this year, Jawar Jordan got most of the carries. And then when he got hurt, Isaac Arendo got most of the carries. It really wasn't much splitting. It wasn't much splitting. And that's what our run-heavy offense. You remember, they showed the graphic during the bowl game. Braum likes to throw the ball 60% of the time when his offense is in full go. 60% of the time. Now, he ran it 57% of the time this year because of our limitations. But in reality, he wants to throw that thing. So let's say we get closer, and maybe we don't get all the way to that 60% mark, but we get to that 55% mark. Well, if you're throwing it 55% of the time and only running it 45% of the time, you got six backs that all want to play. Uh, somebody, somebody ain't going to get the ball. It's only one football. You got those two wide receivers I talked about, Colin Lacey, Ja'Cory Brooks, that want to get the ball. You got those four tight ends that I talked about that want to get the ball. You have a quarterback who actually has his mobile. He can run a little bit. We don't want him to run too much now. He'd he be getting hurt, but he can run and he's going to have the ball every play. There's only so many carries the running back's going to get, especially when there's six of them in the backfield. And so don't be surprised if you start to see defections from the running back room. I wouldn't be surprised if Maurice Turner is one of those guys that end up leaving. I wouldn't be surprised if Kewan Brown is one of those guys that end up leaving. I'm not saying that they will, but when you have six backs in a running back room for a team that's probably going to pass between 53 and 57% of the time in 2024, don't be surprised. And especially when, really, in Jeff Brom offenses, there's a workhorse back. There are good backs that are backups, but there's typically one workhorse back. When Jawar Jordan was healthy, he was the workhorse back. Isaac Rindo in the bowl game was the workhorse back. So those are things that you have to remember. We got to take a break. When we come back, we're going to wrap this thing up. We're going to talk about the game against Pittsburgh. We have to talk about the game against Pittsburgh. Also about some of the other cool things that the football team is doing this offseason. You're listening to the Victory Formation Sports Show right here on 93.9 The Ville.
0: Where do you go to find all your favorite wine, beer, and spirits with selections customized to local tastes? For over 25 years, that go-to place has been Cox's Spirit Shop. Cox's, Louisville's go-to liquor store.
1: It's time for the Victory Formation Sports Show, right here on 93.9 The Ville. Bringing you all things Louisville and everything in between. We've got a
2: Louisville legend. The greatest player to ever play for the University of Louisville. Mr. Daryl Griffith Sr. Griff, how's it going, sir?
0: Good, man.
2: We got a special guest in the building today. He is Mr. Peyton Siva. Siva, how's it going, sir?
0: I'm good, man. Thank you guys for having me today.
2: We've got two very special guests with me right now. We've got Trenton Flowers and his father, Travis Flowers. How are you doing, gentlemen? I'm doing amazing. With the passion for sport
1: meets the airwaves
2: we've got a lot to discuss maybe the five coaches in the acc better than jeff brahm that is why you brought in kb and so when you only win four games it's going to be interesting to see how all of this plays out give the show a call at
1: 502-8150-939 now here's your host jeff lightsey jr
2: Ah, yes, yes, we are back. Thank you, thank you, thank you all for tuning in with us. This is the Victory Formation Sports Show right here on 939 The Ville. Don't forget you can get in here. 3831 939 is the text line. 3831 939 is the text line, 8150, 939 is the call-in number, 8150, 939 is the call-in number. And I'm gonna need y'all help because I, I need some texts, need some calls, I need something because we gotta get through this last thirty minutes talking about basketball, <laughs> Louisville men's basketball. I want to like this is this is no disrespect to the women's team because they are killing it. I don't even make sure I, I I don't be disrespectful and not talk about how awesome. I've been to like three or four other games this year. It has been electric. It's been amazing. They have put out a great product. But I will say, but when I Google, if you just Google, type in your Google's, you know Safari, your Google Chrome or whatever you use. If you just type in Louisville basketball just Louisville basketball I remember I got fooled one time I was on air I was like yo we ain't this good (laughs) what the the heck am I looking at we we ain't the the 11 and 2 or whatever it was the women's record when you when you google Louisville basketball no longer does Russ Smith and Peyton Siva and Jordan Wara and Donovan Mitchell and whoever else pop up no it's old Coach Walls. <laughs> you know, the good team on campus. They're the ones that pop up when you Google Louisville basketball. So, to get the men's record and schedule and all that stuff, but Louisville men's basketball, like Google has to say, oh, this is who you're talking about. Okay. I thought you were talking about uh, uh, some, some good folks, you know, the dope team over there on Floyd Street. But not, nonetheless, Louisville men's basketball does have a game today at noon against Pittsburgh. Now, there's, there's a couple of things that scare me about this game. One, Pittsburgh is coming into this game as a very, very desperate team. Why are they desperate? Well, Pittsburgh is 0-3 in conference play so far. Uh, Pittsburgh is a team that is looking to make the tournament. And right now, they're 0-3 and they're staring up at Notre Dame in conference, and Syracuse in conference, and Florida State, and Georgia Tech, and et cetera, et cetera. And then, of course, the top of the conference at 2-0 right now is Miami, and Wake Forest is 2-0, and North Carolina is 2-0. But we're, some of these teams are about to start taking losses. Nonetheless, they're undefeated so far in conference. And Pittsburgh is looking up. They are actually they actually have the worst conference record. They're worse than Louisville. They're 0-3 out of their you know, 14 games they played. They've lost three conference games. So they have an uphill battle to climb, right? Right. And what I'm saying is, is that they're desperate. They need a conference win. They need their first conference win. And what better way to do it than to get it against Louisville? My bad. Call back, Steve. And so, yeah, Steve, go ahead and call back. And so they need a desperate win. And two, like I said, this is a Louisville team. This is a miss the tournament type of loss. You got to think. Pittsburgh, like I said, is a team that's already 0-3 in conference. And they're a team that is trying to make sure they make the tournament. They're not trying to be a bubble team. They want to be securely in at a, a 12 seed, a 10 seed, or whatever. They want to get in there. You can't lose to Louisville if you want to go to the, want to go to the tournament. You know, we found that out last year with Clemson. Clemson had, what, 22, 23 wins last year? They had one bad loss. That was to a 4-28 team, Louisville. And a team, Clemson, who Joe Lenardi and some of them didn't even have on the bubble. They didn't even have them on the bubble. That loss to Louisville was so detrimental that it kept them out of the tournament with 22 wins. And guess what? That is what is being said about this year's Louisville team. The same things that the coaches were preaching to their teams last year about we can't lose to this team because losing to this team can keep us out of the tournament. That is what they were preaching last year with no evidence. Then Clemson lost to Louisville. Then they got the evidence. And so now... Teams like Pittsburgh and Florida State and Clemson and NC State, you know, any team that may be tournament bound or maybe bubble bound, like on the bubble, they're preaching to their teams. Hey, guys, hey, I know on tape this team doesn't do a lot of things good. I know. I know what the tape is telling you. The tape is telling you you can go in there and sleepwalk and beat these dudes. That's what the tape is telling you. That's what your eyes are telling you. What I'm telling you as your head coach is that you can't do that. Because if you go in there and you mess around and you you know piddle paddle and. Give up easy baskets and let them get some confidence because it's still a D1 basketball team now. I ain't going to act like we we're still Louisville. They still got Louisville across their chest. They're no, 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 just going to beat up on my team like that. But nonetheless, is, I'm speaking as an opposing coach. If I'm, who's Pittsburgh's coach? What's the young man's name? He, he coached at Duke and coached a couple other places. Regardless, he's going, he's telling his team, yo, if y'all go in there and titty-titty around, you know, mess around or whatever, this team will beat you. And if this team beats you, Forget about March. You ain't playing in March. You're going to be playing in in Shawnee Park in March because you won't be playing in the big tournament, in the big dance. And so every team that Louisville plays moving forward will be laser focused. And that's scary because we're not a team that gets very laser focused. We're not a team that gets very laser focused. I've been saying that for two months. Texter says, I've been saying that for two months. I don't know. What have you been saying for two months that, that we're a, a, must, a, a, a tournament missing team? I don't know. But regardless, every team that you play moving forward is going to be laser focused because you are a miss the tournament type of loss. You lose to Louisville, you're probably going to miss the tournament. You lose to Louisville, your net ranking is going to plummet. You lose to Louisville, your, your bracketology number, your seeding is going to plummet. And so every team is going to be laser focused. And that's scary because we're not always laser focused. We're like never laser focused. And I'm looking at this schedule. This schedule is not, is no joke. These games remaining, you've got after Pittsburgh today, you've got Miami on Wednesday at Miami. Miami was a team that at one point was ranked in the top 10. Once again. This is a Miami team that's that's playing for seeding. They're not not a a, a bubble team, or at least they're not supposed to be. They're a team playing for seeding. They want to be in those top four seeds. Now, they've got a long way to go. They took some early losses, but they're a team that's going to be playing for a top four that wants to be in the conversation of a top four seed, and you're playing them on the road. Haven't won a road game in the Kenny Payne era, guys. You guys realize that? We haven't won a road game. Since we hired our coach in March of 2022, we are in January of 2024. <laughs> like, 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 when you say that out loud, it's like, huh? <laughs> like, like, That's why you can't compare him to Tony Bennett. Come on, bro. <laughs> like, What? We hired Kenny Payne in March of 2022. Now, 22 sounds like yesterday, right? Like, I mean, uh, at least to me, I don't know. I don't know about uh, some of the folks with the gray in their beard, James. <laughs> <laughs> like 20, no, it feels like yesterday. <laughs> it feels like yesterday, man. You know? But it wasn't. It was actually two years ago. <laughs> it wasn't yesterday. It was, it was 365 times two ago. You know, it was that long ago. And we ain't won a road game. So now you're talking to me. You're going to a desperate Miami team that is playing for seeding, and once again, you gotta remember, guys. Like I've heard on the airways, and I've looked it up myself. Even beating Louisville hurts some of these guys' seeding. Like you can beat Louisville, but if you beat Louisville by seven, you your net ranking might go from 39 to 53. <laughs> it's because they they said you were supposed to beat them by 25. You was supposed to beat them by 18. But you beat them by seven. It's not good. It's not good. Then you come back home next Saturday with another noon game at NC State. I'm interested to see how our team plays during these noon games. These noon windows are interesting. Right? Because you're playing teams, once again, you are a missed the tournament type of loss. So how... I know how teams are going to play you. They're going to play you desperate. I mean, and they can be a number eight team in the country like North Carolina or a number 15 team in the country like Duke or a top 20 team like Clemson. They're going to play you desperate. Clemson probably going to beat you by 40. You know I mean, Clemson Clemson owes you, you know, they, they, owe, they owe us, you know, because we kept them out of the tournament. So I'm, I know how those teams are going to play. What are those conversations like when you're Kenny Payne and staff to your team? Like, I'm just, I'm, I'm genuinely curious. Like, what are those conversations to Mike James, to Caleb Glenn, to Sky Clark and Trey White and these young men, when you know the ultimate goal is to win. Of course, the ultimate goal is to like go out there and win as many games as possible. But at the same time, you understand that you don't like your team's not very good. And you also understand that, you know how teams play up when they're like, when Duke comes to town, Like, every school that Duke plays, no matter what Duke's ranking is, they storm the court when they beat Duke. Like, that's, like, so teams get up for Duke. Teams get up for Kentucky. Now, when Kentucky comes to town, when they go to, especially to Millbury College or whatever, if they end up at some small school, those teams, even in a small school, I'm talking about uh, Vanderbilt. You know what I mean, like I'm talking about the schools in the SEC are small to Kentucky, right? But when they come to town, and those teams, a Georgia upsets UK, or a Vanderbilt upsets UK, or if UK goes to Clemson and they get upset, or UK goes to, I mean, not UK, but Duke goes to, you know, NC State or wherever, they always storm the court. Like, because those teams, when they see that brand come into their building, they get up for it. They see those five stars, those Zion Williamson's and Jason Tatum's and Malik Monks and De'Aaron Foxes and all these NBA, you know, future NBA guys. They're NBA stars now, but at the time they were budding future NBA guys. They get up for playing those games because that guy, a lot of times at NC State is going to end up being, you know, uh, he's gonna end up being Jeff Lights. He's gonna be on radio or something one day. You know what I mean? He's gonna end up being a CEO or something. He's not gonna be a basketball player. His basketball playing days are very limited post that college career. And so therefore, they get up. Because one day, when they're 75 years old, sitting with 20 grandbabies, they can talk about the time the 13 beat Zion Williamson in Duke who's now a Hall of Famer, or that time their team beat De'Aaron Fox at Kentucky, who is now an NBA Hall of Famer, NBA champion, whatever, right? That's why they get up for those games. And it used to be like that for Louisville, believe it or not. (laughs) Like Louisville used to be those teams. Now, we don't get the court stormed on us like Duke or like Kentucky, but we used to be one of those teams. (laughs) Oh, Lord, like like not that long ago we was one of those teams, regardless. When you're coaching from the other perspective, where teams are not getting up for you because you, you're you going to be a future NBA star or a future Hall of Famer or a future NBA champion or a future whatever, they're getting up for you because you're that bad. It's like, yo, we can't lose to this team because they stink. And if we lose to them, we stink. <laughs> Not only do we stink, we're also going to eliminate our chances of making the tournament. We're going to eliminate our chance, or if you're a a certified tournament team, we're going to eliminate our chances of being a top four seed. Because you could have four or five losses on the year. If one of those losses are to Louisville, you're not going to be a top four seed. (laughs) There's nothing folks can justify for you being a top four seed losing to this Louisville team. It's just that simple. And so I'm going through the schedule and I'm looking at NC state who may be a bubble team. I'm looking at North Carolina who's number eight in the country right now. And is looking to be, you know, is, is, is on the cusp of possibly being a one seed, right? I'm looking at a Duke team who is, who's looking to be one of those top four seeds. I'm looking at Virginia again, that we got to play that just curb stomped us on the road. They got to come here on January 27th. I'm looking at Clemson. Now the, <laughs> the scariest team on this schedule, it's not Duke. It's not North Carolina. It's not a Virginia team that just lulled us to sleep to a 20-point win. The scariest team remaining on this schedule is Clemson. Because I keep talking about the time, the time being last year, that Clemson won 20-plus games and missed the tournament solely. All of the guys said it. The Joe Lenardis, the Bracketologies, the ESPN, the, the... Whatever Ken Palm rankings, all of these uh, advanced analytics from the very most advanced analytics to the basic, most basic stats. All said that Clemson missed the tournament because they lost to Louisville. And so guess what? You know who ain't forgot that? Clemson. (laughs) That's who ain't forgot that. Clemson ain't forgot that Louisville kept them out of the tournament. And so trust and believe Trust and believe that Clemson will be coming to play when we see them. Now, gonna end this on some football. Well, first, I wanna I wanna give a shout out. I did see this this week. Shout out to Sherlene Shanklin of WHAS. Sherlene Shanklin posted, man, has been confirmed that. Louisville will be honoring some legendary people with their own hometown hero banner. Louisville Natives, Rayon Rondo, Steven Static, and Major Garrett, along with former U of L head coach Howard Schnellenberger, are three of the six recipients that will get a hometown hero banner here in the city of Louisville. Shout out to those, especially those three. I I, I am super, super happy for Rondo. Static Major, and Howard Schnellenberger for getting those hometown banners, uh, along with the other three recipients. I just don't remember who they were. But I saw when I, because I posted Shirlene's uh, article. You can go read it on my Twitter, on my ex, at JLiteT7, by the way. Go follow me on Twitter, at JLiteT7. And I was looking at some of the comments, and people. some of the folks were saying, Oh, man, Rondo went to Kentucky. He shouldn't get one. Ah, Rondo's a traitor. He shouldn't get one. He he went to the UK. Ah, no. Y'all go go get you a pile of rocks in your backyard. They're probably a little damp because it's wet outside. And go kick them. Go kick rocks. Because Rajon Rondo is one of, if not, if not, the argument had to be there, the greatest basketball player to ever come through the city of Louisville. Now, of course, Griff won a national championship, and Griff was Dr. Duncan Stein and all of that stuff. I get it. He went to Mayo, one state championship. Griff is Griff. It ain't no rewriting Remember, we don't let losers rewrite the history of winners. Griff is a winner. You know what I'm saying? Griff is who he is. And to my daddy and him, and maybe to James Black and him, he is number one. <laughs> He's number one. But for me, I mean... You're going to have a hard time convincing me Rondo ain't the best I've ever seen come out of Louisville. I mean, you're going to have a hard time convincing me that Rajon Rondo isn't the greatest basketball player to ever come out of the city of Louisville. Now, granted, what discredits Rondo... It's not the fact he went to Kentucky, because Kentucky is still, Louisville is, I mean, as much as we don't like to admit it, Louisville is still in the state of Kentucky. So, you know, we all watched Rondo play. Whether you admit it, you watched him play or not. You watched Rondo play in the UK. But in high school, what hurts him, what, what adds to the Griff legacy, we're just comparing Griff and Rondo, and you know, it may be fair, maybe unfair, whatever. Griff played high school ball here in Louisville. He, in the 70s, he was a state champion and was a dog at male high school. Rondo had a cup of coffee at Eastern and was like, man, I'm too ignorant for Eastern, so I'm going to go out to Oak Hill. And, and he wasn't no soup sandwich at Oak Hill. The legendary coach Steve Smith of Oak Hill, they asked him recently, like as of like a month ago, who are the top five best players to ever come out of Oak Hill? Oak Hill Academy. This is Oak Hill Academy. Now they got a bunch of these schools, IMG, Verde. All these uh, these different prep schools, Prolific Prep and Link Academy and all of these. There's a lot of them now. But at one point, when I was coming up, Oak Hill was like the only one. It was the prep school. So all of these guys that go to all of these different schools now, they all just went to Oak Hill. So think about all the studs that came through Oak Hill Academy. And it's a lot of them. It's a lot of them that came through Oak Hill, like Carmelo Anthony and Jerry Stackhouse and, and Kevin Durant and you know, just a bunch of dudes. Just a bunch of dudes. And when Steve Smith, the legendary coach, because he coached Oak Hill for 30 years, so he coached all of them. He said the top, and when he named his top five best players to ever come out of Oak Hill Academy, guess who he had in there? One Rajon Rondo. One, Rajon Rondo, top five best player to ever come out of Oak Hill. And you got to think, Rondo's not six foot six. Rondo don't have a 45 inch vertical. Rondo, y'all couldn't shoot. You know what I'm saying? He couldn't shoot for the majority of his NBA career. And he's still a top five player to ever come out of Oak Hill. Goes to Kentucky, sets their steals record. First round pick in the NBA does what? What did Rondo do? 15 years in the NBA, four-time NBA All-Star, two-time NBA champion. Who has a better resume? Who has a better basketball resume than Rondo? Out of the city of Louisville. Now, it was a, it was a goofy debate, but it was a minor debate on Twitter. <laughs> a little while ago. Some of my young guns, you know, people around my age, young, 20, you know, 20s, some odds, you know, in their 20s, was arguing about D'Angelo Russell. <laughs> I'm laughing at y'all. Come on, bro. D'Angelo Russell? Really? It's no disrespect to D'Lo. D'Lo's a hooper. He's a hooper. Don't get it twisted. But he ain't Rondo. His basketball resume can't line up with Rajon Rondo? Two-time NBA champion? Four-time All-Star, multiple-time All-NBA. You know what I mean? Like, like Angelo, it, it, was, it was the top 10 player in high school. Went to Mont Verde, national champion at Mont Verde. Number two overall pick out of Ohio State. That's a heck of a resume. All-Star in 2018, I want to say. $100 million contract. Heck of a resume. d that's a heck of a resume. But that ain't Rondo. Because in his prime, D'Angelo Russell had been traded about three times. Been traded from the Lakers to the Nets and the Nets to the Warriors and the Warriors, back to the Lakers. This is all before his 28th birthday. <laughs> this is all before his 28th birthday. In the NBA, you hit your prime around 27. So all before his 28th birthday, he had been traded four times. Now, Rondo played for a bunch of teams, but that was after year 10. Rondo did his first, what, nine, 10 years with Boston. And traded four times in his prime. So well, come on. It's not even, it's not even a debate. Rajon Rondo. So Rondo's got, and I know some of y'all was was salty about Rondo being a UK guy, getting his uh his hometown hero banner. To me, it's long overdue. It's long overdue for Rondo to get one. Shout out to Rajon Rondo. The other two people that I mentioned, static major, huh, Come on, y'all. How do, I mean, this is no disrespect to Jack Harlow. Jack Harlow's a dog. Y'all know I'm a Jack Harlow fan. Loving on me is my favorite song out right now. But there's no way Jack Harlow should have got a hometown hero banner before Static Major. There's just no way. There's there's no way that Jack Harlow should have got a hometown hero banner before Static Major. Static Major was going platinum when Jack Harlow was in diapers. I mean, not figuratively, not reality, but figuratively. Uh, Jack Harlow lollipop went multi-platinum. Well, no, I take it back. He was going platinum when Jack Harlow was in diapers. The Jingle songs was in the 90s. Jack Harlow was probably born in what? Like 97 or something? 98? So yeah, Static Major was going platinum when Jack Harlow was in diapers. But nonetheless, well deserved. And then of course, the third one that I mentioned is Howard Schnellenberger. Another person who should have probably had one before, then, before now. Regardless, we're not going to talk about what they should have had. We're talking about what they have currently. And those are hometown heroes that are being recognized by the city of Louisville in 2024. And so you will see static major uh, coach Howard Schnellenberger and a Ray John Rondo hometown hero banner in 2024. So I'm going to be super, super excited about seeing those when they go up. Uh, Congratulations to all of them and all six, there were six people that were, that are getting banners six, you know, they had 44, Nominees or finalists. They had hundreds of nominees, but 44 finalists, and they narrowed the list down to six people. <laughs> six people, and the six people that will be honored include those three that I mentioned, and uh, the Happy Birthday ladies. You know, the ladies that created the song Happy Birthday will also get a hometown hero banner, and that's pretty cool to know that the the song Happy Birthday comes from the city of Louisville, man. So, we do have this Pittsburgh game at noon. I know I've been beating around the bush. We got a few more minutes left before we get out of here. Pittsburgh, Louisville. What do you, well, I'm I'm interested? What do you guys want to see from Louisville tonight? What I mean, obviously, you want to see a win. Obviously, you want to see them go out there and compete and play hard. We want some to see fight. <laughs> yeah, you want to see them to go compete. Compete past the first ten minutes because I think the first ten minutes, it's like it's like when. uh Offenses on on uh, football have scripted plays. Louisville's first 10 scripted plays are pretty... I mean, they, they come out a little bit. And they're like, oh, okay. You know, them scripted plays be all right. You know, them scripted plays be... And then it's like they get hit in the mouth one time and they fold. They, they, hit in the, they get hit in the mouth and they fold. Keep the game close, please. Texter says, keep the game close, please. Absolutely. Please keep it close. Because you know if a team can blow you out, they will blow you out. There is no one... There, there was only one team on the schedule that was going to take Louisville Light that they, they, they gave Louisville a break. That was Kentucky. That game is over with. You know, and, and if you don't believe they gave Louisville a break, look at the way they played the end of that first half and then look how they played the entire second half. The end of that first half, they was feed the studs, get the ball to Reeves, and we're going to run. We're going to push it in fast break. We're going to get easy buckets. That second half, they slow this thing down. You know, we ain't going to let you get within 14. We're going to hit a couple shots, but we're going to slow this thing on down. We're going to run sets and offense. We're going to do, you know, X, Y, Z. That, that game is over with. No one else is going to take you lightly because, like I said, you are a lose, miss the tournament type of loss. And so, And you are even in a win, our net ranking can go down. And so you have to compete. You have to play hard. You have to know your assignment. You have to know what you're doing because you will get embarrassed if you don't. Another text says, I need to see JJ. I would love to see JJ. That would help a ton if we are able to see JJ trainer out there on the court. But, you know, he's listed as day to day and we do not know what that means all the time. Those are the sweet sounds of Larry June. That means it is time for me to get out of here. Thank you, thank you, thank you guys for tuning in to the Victory Formation Sports Show. I am your host, Jeff Lightsey Jr. Don't forget you can listen every single Saturday, 10 a.m. to 11 a.m. right here on 93.9 The Ville. For James Black, Jeff Houston, and myself, we will see you next time. Peace.